The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Today, I am so happy to welcome back someone that has really been quite a regular on the show, a friend of mine, Teresa Ruth Howard. I hope you've been able to listen to our past episodes with Teresa. If you haven't, they are available at premierdancenetwork.com on our page and also on iTunes. Teresa is an incredibly insightful figure in the dance world. She's also someone that has taken on a lot of really groundbreaking projects for ballet really trying to change the kinds of conversations we're having in the ballet world. So, of course, I jumped at the chance of having Teresa on the show again. I love talking with her about anything. And today we're exploring the social media world. Social media has had a really large impact on ballet, and it's been in positive ways and negative ways. Teresa is a frequent contributor to Dance Magazine, and Dance Magazine actually featured an incredible article by her about the Instagram experience for dancers. So it's my extreme pleasure to welcome Teresa to the show again today. Hi, Teresa. It is such a pleasure to have you back. Uh, You know, I just said this, I will take any excuse to have you on the show. I just love talking to you. That's so sweet. And I feel the same way. I mean, we always have such great conversations, whether they're being recorded or not. (laughs) Exactly. I know we could go on if the whole, we would be here for hours if the whole thing was actually recorded. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so, I mean, we've talked about so many amazing things that you've worked on, um, and you've been writing just a ton of incredible articles, especially for Dance Magazine lately, um, covering just really big things that are happening in the dance world. And I, my heart skipped a beat when I saw that you were writing so much about Instagram changing how dancers behave, especially young dancers. And we're talking directly about your article, Is Instagram Changing the Dance World's Value System? Which I think that's a great way of tackling that is the word value system. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I'm trying to do with my body of work is to talk about the things that we as dancers or people in the field really talk about. Like there are the articles that people that you should report on. And then there's the real conversation on the ground that everybody is talking about. And, um, and I'm of a certain generation. So, you know, I engage with Instagram. Um, not, it's not my best friend. It's an associate. Um, (laughs) but when I started to see the, you know, suggested feeds, you know, or when you start to search, I was like, what, is this and so you know you know how it is you yeah. see the foot mm-hmm. and you're like oh my god and then you go to the feed and I started to notice a, the trend the trend mm-hmm. that everybody noticed right so like the, the girl with the feet it's always just she's ankle down she's tondoing she's on point <laughs> she's point shoe modeling you know the girl that's the bendy girl is always developing she's always hanging off the bar and then what I would do is I would go and click on the feed on her like on on her page mm-hmm. and see if she was ever dancing mm. and generally she never was right and so yeah. the turners are always turning the jumpers are always jumping and 
then I started to look at who was liking it and who was following them. And I thought it was very, very interesting that, that all these people that I thought <clears throat> a certain way about were mm -hmm. also like enamored by this stuff. Like yeah. I call it real. It's like dance porn, <laughs> you know, where you're just like, Oh my God, you know, it's yeah. like, and it's something that you can sort of like look at, enjoy, or look at, say it's a freak and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. But then you start to realize that when you look at all these young dancers feed, they're all doing, they're replicating that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I thought it was just time for me to kind of write something about it, um, from all the, the various angles. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's so important. And that's a great way of putting it too. It's, it's definitely an easy thing to gravitate towards because it's an easy thing to have a reaction about like, Oh my God, someone just said seven pirouettes. Like it's, yeah, it, it, there's no, there's not a ter like tremendous amount of thought involved in just having a reaction like, wow, her feet are nuts. But yeah, no, I, I, I personally have started finding it overwhelming when I, when I'm having to search and you have to hit the little search button, search button on Instagram and right. you immediately get all that stuff popping up and going crazy underneath. Like I, it's like, I'm in a race against time to just like click the certain thing so that I can actually like get my get my little bar of text going so I can just start writing things because I just I don't even want to look at it anymore because it's it it to yeah, me it's, it's so disruptive it, it's overwhelming yeah. and then you start to here's my thing I do find it fascinating when you find someone who is that incredible turner mm -hmm. or has incredible facility, whether that's like flexibility or, you know, whatever. But that's why I always go to the feed and I, and I want to see whether it, if it's used in context, mm -hmm. right? So if I, if it's a, usually professional dancers are really great. I follow a lot of professional dancers because it's real, uh, life dance world footage like mm -hmm. where you're in class or in you're in rehearsal it's in a context right and then there's the off video of like someone doing you know pirouettes or fuetes or whatever that's not so bad but it's the the let's call them specialty feeds <laughs> right that are, are are merely people stretching or developing or pointing their feet or whatever that is and mm -hmm. the, the problem is that is that dancers then begin to aspire to that, but they're aspiring to something that's completely taken out of context. It could be devoid of artistry, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. or, or even sometimes technique, right? So how are you getting there? Yeah. Um, and then I think that a lot of teachers are falling into that trap as well because, you know, it's, it's a, a visual art form and we, we do like that beauty. We love the quote unquote ideal bodies, mm -hmm. you know, the beautiful lines, all of that stuff fascinates us. But I just think we need to like keep, keep it in check and keep it in context. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's true. We, I think <laughs> the amount of those flexi stretcher things that I've seen, in videos now, which is, I mean, again, like you said, we're, we're fascinated by looking at someone that can like wrap themselves up one of those things and it's, you know, their leg is behind their head and all that. But at the same time, it's, you know, you're not looking at dancing. You're looking at someone using it's a true. tool to, 
right. they're stretching. Like it's it's a stretching or tool, or it's a, yeah. another one. The you know bouncing oh, the on that ball. Little, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> but here's the here's here's the interesting thing that um, that hasn't been talked about. It's difficult to talk about. It's difficult to write about because it is so touchy. The thing that's driving this a lot of this is the competition world. Mm. And the idea that now that the value system of the competition world, um, that's like younger, more of everything, Mm -hmm. you know, like, why am I seeing a fetal key tree? Like, that's like... (laughs) That might be one of the best sentences I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Like, there's something wrong about it, right? Like, their children should not be doing adult principle Mm -hmm variations in any setting, but certainly not in, in competition. Like I'm, but this is the thing that's really driving, um, a lot of this, um, like Insta, Insta porn, Mm -hmm. right. Or or it's a dance porn. That didn't sound really good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, because a lot of these feeds are coming out of that context, right? So you'll see the, the, the Instagram feed. That's the girl who does one variation over and over again. And she's, you know, she's doing that, that diagonal of turns that she's done for the last two years, you know, in hot pursuit of high platinum or something. Um, but it, 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 it doesn't mean anything, yeah. but it does mean something because the value system of the dance world mm-hmm. Um, has been altered by these competitions, you know, and that is a hard article to write and get published because, (laughs) because it's so entwined, right? So we're in this incestuous relationship with, with this new world of the competition circuit driving things. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible to me because I, when I was younger, I feel like I mean, the competitions existed, but, and I also didn't come from a competition school. I came from teachers that were very much like you, you focus on the studio, focus on the stage mm-hmm. and that's it. Like whatever you're rehearsing for a perform a set of performances, like it's repertory and it's not about you. You're not doing this to win anything. You're doing this to become a skilled and practiced dancer and artist. And as you said, when you're pitting kids up against each other, doing these really advanced solos and advanced characters like you mentioned Keytree it's like I think a lot of kids forget the fact that um that's kind of like that's a role that's supposed to be a crowning jewel moment at the end towards the end of a dance career like you've right. done years of performing with you know you've made your way through the core you've made your way through being a soloist now you're a principal dancer you've got years of practice on stage years of command of an audience and now you're taking that next step in this huge role and and it's a full-length ballet and like this is just a part of that full-length ballet but you know it's the scope of it completely gets so much more narrow when you just take it it's truncated down to like what is it a minute solo Mm -hmm. which you know like you said it's a full (laughs) ballet yeah like really and 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 you and it's out of context because Mm -hmm. you have to be able to dance the whole ballet up until that one solo Mm -hmm. you know but these kids aren't doing that they're they're rehearsing for this 59 seconds for a year yep you know, which is crazy. But the, the, I mean, I remember there were competitions back in my day as well. <laughs> the, I think the, the, the biggest difference is, is that um, major ballet schools uh, are recruiting 
from these competitions. Mm-hmm. And and if you're not at these competitions, then you, because this is where the kids are, right? Then if you're not at those competitions, then you're not on the radar of these, these children. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it's like you're feeding the beast in a way. And you, you, you can't kind of like wrestle yourself from it because the value system has changed such that you can't convince (laughs) a mother or a child that there is another way to get there when there's so much other information Mm -hmm. saying this is the way you get it done. And then the other thing is that everybody wants to go viral. Everybody wants to be a star. They don't necessarily want to be a dancer, Mm -hmm. right? They want to be a star (laughs) on, on Instagram. And that's a very different value system as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like we now we have superstars in the ballet world. I mean, that didn't happen. Like Brishnikov, Brishnikov started that whole generation of like movie star. Now it's the next generation. Misty is, you know, in the Nutcracker of the, in the Four Realms. Mm-hmm. Francesca Hayward from the Royal Ballet today announced that she'll be in the movie Cats. Mm. So, you know, this yeah. it, it's changed. The social media has changed the way the possibility. Yeah of what a ballet career can look like. Um, Eric Underwood is on every runway there is, you know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, that's awesome. Um, but we have to be honest about the toll that it's taking on our field and on the craft. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's, there's a lot that is exciting about the, the doors that have opened to dancers that weren't open in the same way before, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's, it, it really is. I mean, ballet especially has always been a very patient art form. It requires endless time and like baby steps. And I think where right. the, I think the social media age definitely chases away a lot of kids from that kind of discipline because it's, right. well, they want to be everything right now because what they're seeing on social media, then they want to skip all the steps that we didn't use to as a art form question. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the, but, but then, then this is the thing. It's it, ballet wasn't about instant gratification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it was the long game, yep. but now we figured out a, a way to microwave it or truncate it or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, you have new systems of, of getting kids there faster, mm-hmm. you know, like in the competition, um, school model, you have, a, a classes that are just turns, turns and jumps, you progressions. I was like the first time I taught in a competition school, they're like, you'll be teaching pro- progressions. I was like, what the hell is that? What, what is that? They're like, oh, just like, just across the floor. I was like, wait, there's a class where you just go across. Like, how do you get there? Like, where's the warm up for that? Huh. Oh, you don't know about this? Yeah. Oh my God. You yeah. just blew my mind. No, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, no, no. But that's the, that's, that's the, the system mm-hmm. to putting those routines together and getting those kids to, a, it's the trick class, right? Mm-hmm. So you just give them turns and jumps. That's all you focus on for an hour. Wow. Right. So progressions is just going, combinations going across the floor, whatever that is. So there's, there's this other, so there's like bleed over, Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's all bad. I'm, yeah. I won't yeah. say that. Right. But I'm, I will say that the value system is changing. And I think that um, 
that ballet specifically um, should be looking over its shoulder and, and really taking stock of itself um, and trying to figure out how it's going to adjust to this new generation that does need instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they do want to do those other tricks. You know, they, um, they do want to be able to stick their leg really high. Like you can't at 90 degrees. Remember when your teacher would just be like, I 90 want degrees. 90 yeah. degrees, which mm-hmm. is the hardest to do because your yeah. leg is parallel to the, to the floor and mm-hmm. gravity. It takes oh more God. strength it does. to hold your leg at 90. Yeah. There's a reason for it, but you can't do that. It's hard. It gets harder and harder for teachers to teach the way ballet was taught, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's a conundrum. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it requires a lot of, you know, self-policing on the part of anyone that is teaching anymore is, you know, like you said, just asking yourself the question of, you know, what, what do I really value? Like, I know I have, I think all teachers now kind of feel a certain pressure to deliver that to kids. Like they, they see that the kids want to be doing more, 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 more. And I, I, my favorite class growing up when I was dancing, we always had variations class from the time I was 12 on and we would learn several variations over the course of the year and work on them throughout. But it was like when, you know, like I learned the princess, you know, I performed the princess Aurora variation, the wedding variation right. when I was, I think 12 and or 13, I was think I was maybe 13. Um, and it was just part of our school show it was just, you know, you worked on it for this, that one little show, but it was, it was like the baby version. It wasn't, you know, no one, none of my right. teachers, were, they, it was like the dumbed down career, which was important because it they made a version of it where it's like, this is essentially this piece, but it was all about just like really clean technique and all the little moments that like certain age groups can handle and Absolutely. then getting to express themselves a little bit more. And then every year it gets a little harder, a little more expression, a little harder, a little right. more expression. And yeah, and does, but that's... It does teach you the classical repertoire. It does teach you the classical, you know, vernacular, if you will, mm-hmm. in in the context that it's used. And, and it's good. I mean, there are great studies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I, and I think that in the context that we used to teach them in mm-hmm. um, and that they used to be used, like nobody thought that they were really doing, they were actually Esmeralda. Stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't tell you how many Esmeralda and Keith and Gomzadi, they're all, that's all they do. Um, but it, it, it is very frightening that also that these kids who excel in the competition world don't realize that they have to go into the core. Like that's the only time they'll be dancing that role. You know what I mean? They'll be lucky to ever dance that, that role in act in the actual context. Mm -hmm. And and there are a number of, um, Mika, uh, what's her name? Mika Haggerty, I think is her name. It was the girl that did very, very well in the competitions and oh you know, uh, yeah Miko Fogarty 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 yeah Miko Fogarty, Fogarty. Um, yeah and she's just you know she's been in she quit and now she's you know in she's apparently very very intelligent and she's studying like biochemistry or something like that <laughs> which I think is awesome yeah oh yeah but I I think that that's another thing that 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 ballet really has to ask itself is is if we're going to follow this new model then is it producing dancers that have the sustainability to feed your companies really? Yeah. 
Yeah, our, it's burning yeah. out <laughs> by 15 and 16, yeah. you know, on doing variations. And then they, their egos are so large that they can't go into your core and progress, you know, in that incremental, st- you know, mm-hmm. stage that happens in a real dance company. Yeah. Then what do you have? Yeah. And even just for, I mean, even without an ego, potentially, even if you just get someone that's like, is genuinely very excited to be part of a ballet company to just understand the what what that kind of environment is like um you know it's number one you're going to be doing a ton more rep than you know one solo or two solos even focusing a year or two on you're going to be doing several actually you know sometimes up to like 20 ballets a year exactly and some a lot of times when you're joining those companies for like the first two or three years you're barely going to make it on stage you're going to exactly. be standing in the back. You're going to be covering things. You're going to be maybe thrown in here and there. And it's, yeah, again, it just always comes back to the patience of it. Like, are, you know, are we creating a generation that is actually able to fit the role of being patient enough to stand in the back and, you know, cover <laughs> this role and that right. role and like do a million shows of snow and a million shows of flowers. And that's maybe it that they'll do the whole nutcracker and stuff like right. that. It's, <laughs> It doesn't, it's a very, I think, jarring transition for a lot of dancers now that grew up in that atmosphere of like this, I do this solo and I do this and I'm, you know, I'm ready to come in and I'm, I'm used to the spotlight and there's power in that for later, but there's going to be a whole lot of steps backward right. before that happens again. And <laughs> so. imagine the, the, the person who is an Instagram influencer Mm -hmm. right because they've been on the competition circuit or what have you and they have x amount of followers and they are ambassador of this and that and the other and then they they have to start at the bottom right where in in their daily context it's it's a weird sort of dichotomy like Mm -hmm. they, they live in two different parallel universes where you know social media has them lauded because they have followers and they get clicks, but in real life, you know, they're in the core. I mean, there was a, a, a person told me now I, I will, you know, beep the names to keep <laughs> everybody's anonymity, but there was a young dancer who had spent actively spent a year trying to up her Instagram visibility and mm. gain followers and everything. And she was very successful at, you know, she became an ambassador of this or that and, you know, whatever. And I was told that when some of her followers actually went to see her perform, they unfollowed her because she was not impressive to them in wow. real life. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> the other, the, right, exactly, right? <laughs> so that the, the, that crazy reality of, like, it's easier to take a picture or it's easier to look great for 59 seconds mm-hmm. than it is to really, you know, hold that stage mm-hmm. for an evening, you know, or for whatever time you're going to be on the stage. I mean, the other thing is, it's like, the actual stars of ballet companies, the principals and the soloists and the people who are actually in the field on the grind, mm-hmm aren't necessarily getting their their due and recognition by this generation because they may not be going to the actual ballet, right? Mm-hmm. They may be just seeing things on YouTube, clips on YouTube and clips on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So the girl who's the flexi girl can do seven pirouettes is more famous or equally as famous as, you know, Marianella 
you know, Nunez. Yeah. You see oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So that's, that's also very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a whole other world, live performance, and what's important in live performance, too. It's funny, we just did a Robbins festival, and I, I we did dance, I was in Dances at a Gathering, and I don't think I could have possibly done a less Instagram, like, attractive part. But it's it's amazing to me because it's to me it was my favorite part in the whole ballet. I did the Green Girl and dances, which was Violet Verde originally, and it's you have the solo, and it's almost it it's the whole first part of it is walking, and it's just it's all about mm-hmm. the delivery, and it's all about all these little beautiful, thoughtful moments, and it's just it it just it's about the soul of it, it's about the humanity of it, it's. It, it's so not something that if I were to put a clip on that on Instagram, people would be like, what is this girl doing? Like, I'm, I'm waiting for it. And mean, yeah, like, where, where's the fuetes? Where's, you know, like, where, where's the high, there's not even a high leg in the first solo, in that solo. There's not, it's, there's everything else, but it's, um, it's, it's funny to think about that though, because it's like, if I were trying to just, constantly curate myself for Instagram like that would mm-hmm. not be but th- but at the same time then you think about the fact that this is a historical hugely famous solo that has been danced by top dancers all around the world and, and one that can't be performed without the breadth of your history right yes so that's yeah the, your collective dance history absolutely has enabled you to have the artistry and the sensitivity and the intelligence, the, the artistic intelligence mm-hmm. to be able to to dance that role. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that potentially could be lost in this next generation. Um, and it's, I just, like I said, I, you know, I, I just throw the questions out there for <laughs> people to ponder, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and thank goodness you were talking about, I know you just told me, and I didn't realize this, that this article on Dance Magazine is the most read, correct? That they've... <laughs> yeah, I was told, I mean, yeah, I was, here's the thing, it was really funny. Like, Jenny Stahl was like, it's the most read article in dancemagazine.com ever. And I was like, wow. But I think that it went sort of like our dance world viral because it resonated with so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that tells me that this needs to be um, a conversation that we're we're really having as a as a community. Mm-hmm. So like then there there become like these, you know, these other articles popping up mm-hmm. that that like quoted me and I was like, hmm I wonder who started this conversation. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I saw the um, Telegraph UK one that Diana Vishneva, who's such a famous ballerina, was talking about this issue too. That she she feels that Instagram is really affecting the development of young dancers too, and that's another one that you were quoted for from this. I was you like, hmm, you're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> no, you know, but but it makes it makes me happy that. You know, and I know we've been having this conversation, like with ourselves at you know coffee and in rehearsal, or maybe no talking rehearsal, maybe in the dressing room. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that sometimes as a dance community, especially the ballet community, really caucuses about stuff like this. You know, and I, I think that um, it's something that I would encourage um, dance, ballet schools, the schools to start to address 
and be on top of? Um, what are you posting? Mm. You know, maybe having conversations with your students about that. And I think that, that, you know, that education has to be 360 because we, we will be losing some people like real, like really, you know, like the, because the value system, um, will not produce the dancers that are needed to really, really sustain these, these classical ballet companies. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's very possible we could keep heading further down the rabbit hole of all this, you know, it's, it, what, you know, this might, this, these kinds of conversations, not necessarily to like directly dramatically change what's happening. Like I think what's happening unfortunately to an extent is just going to keep happening. But mm-hmm. the fact that the conversation exists is valuable because at least we're, we have an opportunity to make people continue to think about it. And I think it's important for young dancers to be able to hear conversations about it too, because I think there's some that get really excited and they get swept up in this, but then there, you've, there's, got, there's kids also too that only feel the pressure of this world, you know, because maybe they're mm-hmm. not, they're not the turner. They're not the most flexible. They're not this, and it's important for them to realize that they have a place in the dance world too, not just their, you know, Insta famous dance, you know, dance classmates. Absolutely. And so for them to see, you know, people that are experienced in the field, having this conversation openly and dance magazine covering it and things like that. It's, it's like, I think kind of giving dancers that feel peer pressure about that and maybe feel uncomfortable with this world and feel like they don't quite fit into this insta famous right. world, uh, you know, permission to feel okay about that. That's right, because everybody knows that social media makes you just feel like crap. Yeah. Because everybody's editing. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we all, yeah. Oh yeah. We all feel everybody's like editing their lives. Everybody's Photoshopping this, that, mm-hmm. and the other, you know, that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that that's a, a proven fact. And so we know that it's, it can only be feeding, Um, the inadequacies, right, of of young dancers and young people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that, look, I haven't been in the studio in a while. I mean, and I love teaching. But um, I know for a fact that you can, as a teacher, um, direct your students in a very particular way. Mm -hmm. We are the people, as teachers, that give students their value system Mm -hmm. we're the ones that make it up your parents give you your value systems you learn your core values and and your morals from your parents um and the same thing is true of of dance educators so the idea that we're powerless over this isn't exactly true it's it's really being able to have conversations in your class Mm -hmm. just like i said in the article i said you know you you can't you know, talk about the quality of a 90 degree arabesque on Monday, but then like or post the ganky girl with her leg, you know, <laughs> her foot in her mouth from the back mm-hmm. on, on Tuesday. Yeah. Right. So you have to, you have to be a representation mm-hmm. um, of the value system that you're trying to pass on. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, but we, we but you, you can actually do it. I, I believe that we, that, that we can do it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And yeah, it's, I, <laughs> I was telling you this before, I will not name this person, but I know a teacher <laughs> that I have seen just kind of falling more and more into the social media traps. It's someone that I know happens to be on social media a lot. And mm. I hear them say, three is a new two for pirates. And that two doesn't matter. 
two is two is obsolete. It's about the three. Three is a new two. And, you know, standing in front of people, it's like three, 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 you know, it's, and there's a, there's a place for that. But I think, I think part of that just comes from the fact that this person is, is just endlessly staring at that kind of stuff. And it really makes dancers feel that if they are not a turner and they're not able mm-hmm. to consistently deliver the three, that there's something wrong with them. And that's not true. Or they're just not good enough. Yeah. And that's, that's not right. And so there's, again, this person is imposing their personal value system on the people that he's teaching. And those people in that room have to decide whether or not they subscribe to that or not. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're children, then that's a whole different thing because that's the person who they're getting their primary information from about the value system. Mm -hmm. If they're professionals, then that's a whole different thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's awesome if, to push people to go like, okay, challenge yourself, Mm -hmm. but to make that a mandate and, and then also to say that she was nothing. Mm -hmm. That's a little, you know, like, like I said, pirouettes are not, it's not like age. Like we go like forties, the the forties, the new 50. (laughs) It's like, no, it doesn't make you feel good that way. Um, you know what? That ain't even true. Mm -hmm. So, Because the math just doesn't work. But, but yeah, so this is, this is that's a perfect example of how we as adults can get caught up in that, mm-hmm. right? And people have different, they're, they're good at different things, right? If you, look at, if you look at dancers across the board, not everybody can be, you know, Sylvie Young with yeah. the legs and the hyperextension and the feet and, and all of that. Um, and she was a nice turner, but she wasn't a consistent three pirouetter. And it, it, everything has its place, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing I really loved about Sylvie Guillaume was that even though she had all of that, she made choices mm-hmm. as to when to use yeah. all of her facility. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's... That, that angers me a little bit. <laughs> it angers me as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this, I, is, this is a great example of what not to do. <laughs> no, it, it, it definitely is. Yeah, because I just, I mean, I've had the opportunity to teach, which I, so it's one of my favorite things to do every summer. And a lot of, at the same school, which is my home studio, and watching kids that I've known since they were like little and it's funny, the ones that maybe especially don't know me as well. <laughs> um, you know, if I'm introducing myself, like, yeah, I'm, you know, Margaret Mullen, I'm a soloist with Pacific Northwest Ballet, and then I get to see how the class starts going. <laughs> and I think a lot of the kids I teach think they're going to impress me with the three pirouettes or the four pirouettes and this. And, you know, may I call me old fashioned. <laughs> But that's not what's impressive to me. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy for someone when they can do it, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what also matters to me, too, is like, I, I don't care about any pirouette that happens if it's not clean, first of all. If you're not in, like, a really precise position, I don't think it, what does it matter if you're getting around five times if it's not a great position, number one. But also, you know, I, I'm, and most teachers will never give for the most part, in a classical ballet setting or, you know, in a major school, you're not given combinations that are, you just stand there and do just tendu, pirouette, over and over and over again. 
you're doing a waltz, right. you're doing a, you know, some, some kind of mazurka or something. In, and then there's a pirouette within that. Right, and right. I want to see all those moments in just really realized. Like, I want to see a dancer realize every moment of a combination and not be so tunnel vision on, okay, it's, but the three pirouettes is coming up. I want to see a beautiful tombe pas de bourre fourth into it. Right. I want to see the beautiful balances with the pointed Dance feet and articulation. Yes, no, definitely. And I think it's that's how you get in and how you get out. Mm -hmm. It's not about the, everybody can pretty much manage the big stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, all the little steps in between yeah and the way you get there it's the way you do something yeah um and it, it's hard <laughs> to convince it, it even if you're doing five turns the quality of mm -hmm. those turns how you get into it and how you get out of it that's what dancing is mm -hmm. right that's what that refinement is really what separates people yeah, definitely. That yeah, that's that's what makes an upper level dancer. And I think you know a lot of young people don't. They maybe just not don't realize quite what they're watching it and quite why they love it so much. Which is normally like it's a well rounded performance. Like when you see a principal dancer that you absolutely love and you saw them in this full length ballet and it was just amazing. You might remember you know certain moments. Oh wow, that did you remember that balance? That was amazing. But oh, generally speaking, if you are really happy after seeing a show where you watch right. someone you've watched um the full realization of a dancer's technique and artistry not just like i saw i don't know i didn't see quite this but then i saw three pirouettes like it's it doesn't work that way <laughs> but but here's the thing this is what the problem is is that Contemporary dance in the in the way that they're exposed to it on television, on YouTube, mm -hmm. in competition, nothing is longer than three minutes, mm -hmm. right? On television, it's really like it's really like a minute if you're lucky. So they dance in these like firecracker bursts, mm -hmm. and now we have short attention spans as well. <laughs> so they don't have. The, what you're talking about, they don't even have a context for unless they're going to the theater, mm -hmm. right? So that's part of the problem too. Like they, it, until they do a piece that is a good solid 25 minutes, you know, and they're just dancing, they un, then they understand what stamina is. Yeah, but they don't like if you're if your ref frame of reference is three minutes tops then you don't understand what it is to dance a, a, a three act. Mm -hmm. It's inconceivable to you. Why, oh, yeah. would you dance that? Why would you dance that long anyway? You know, <laughs> we, we got it in the first five minutes. Literally. <laughs> yeah. no, literally. And that's the generational um, shift mm -hmm. um, that I, you know, I think it's really ironic that a lot of ballet companies are going towards these, you know, evening length ballets that are like um they're like thematic like the little mermaid mm. you know like uh, abt has like whipped cream like there's mm -hmm. they're like these full length ballets that that like are like disney sort of um uh, that have that aesthetic of of pink 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 pink, pink. <laughs> i don't know if anybody wants to watch that for that long because because our 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 attention spans are so short and this next generation that you're trying to draw in, they, they, they would probably rather see shorter ballets and a lot more of them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, I feel like I can, I can see, I can totally see that though. When I see certain young people take class where I, I see they're in such a rush to just get to that moment, whatever that trick moment is, they're, they're, they're in a rush to get to it. And it's, it's, it's the thing that's on their mind. And it's such a, I, I feel like I'm always just trying to talk about all the in-between stuff. Cause that's, that's what I think about. And I, I personally am not, you know, a trick dancer by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I'm not a, you know, not a, I don't love the sensation of turning. I know you said you don't also really like, it's not my favorite. Um, and also, you know, one hip surgery later here, I'm like not the most flexible dancer either that, you know, <laughs> to be fair, but she's like, I'm a good solid dancer. Yeah, but, but yeah, exactly. But, yeah. And it's that, and I, I'm, you know, it's, it's, I think up to some of us to kind of maintain that, you know, when I'm do when I think about doing a waltz combination, I'm thinking about every single moment I'm thinking about this, you know, whether, you know, directionally what kind of swoop I'm creating how articulated my feet are how I'm stretching through my fingertips how how turned out is that leg that I'm going to PK on you know it's it's all and all those moments matter you're dancing yeah. you're dancing <laughs> but, that's right that's what it, that's really what it is and and so so as a teacher I, I like to say like I have you know you your phrases that you throw out and one is you know if you don't dance is is physical problem solving. And if you can't fall in love with the puzzle, the physical puzzle, um, or you can't be, um, uh, what is it? Oh God, I lost that one. But anyway, if you can't <laughs> fall in love with the, the physical puzzle, mm -hmm. then you can't fall in love with dance, but you also can't fall in love with life, right? Because that's all life is, is problem solving, mm -hmm. you know, solve one problem. Here comes another one. <laughs> um, but it's those great moments whether that's in life or in, in dance or in ballets are few and far between. And if you're, if you're living for those, you will always be disappointed or always be living in the waiting mm -hmm. for that thing to come and missing it, <laughs> missing all of it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think that, that um, it's very funny because as I, as I mature, <laughs> um, I can I can sit back and just watch it. I mean, it helps that that I am not in the studio anymore. When I was teaching, I was very frustrated because I felt like I I had something that nobody wanted. Mm. Right? Like I would always say, I teach something, meaning ballet, that nobody really wants anymore. It's a means to an end. People just mm -hmm. have to take ballet so they can do the tricks. Yeah. Um, and so now that I'm out of the studio, I, I'm much more calm <laughs> about it and I'm not as frustrated. It's true yeah, because I'm not in the, in the battle on the front lines that way. Mm -hmm. I can be on the, in, I'm on the, I'm on the intellectual side of the battle now. Um, but I do think it's something that we really just across the board. Cause this is, this is, we're talking about dance, but it's across the board that the value system is changing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, everything is so quick, fast, in a hurry. Nobody, there's no process to anything mm -hmm. anymore. And that's really what we're talking about is that there's a process and a, and a, a, a quality. And I just think that we should just take note, mm -hmm. just take note of what we're, um, what we're giving up. Mm -hmm. or what might be what, what we might be losing and it might be okay and it might not and if it's not then we should really think about how we're going to preserve it yeah definitely I mean ballet is such a historical art form there's <laughs> 
it's been around for a while. Um, and I mean, you know, we all, things evolve, but there's also value to the core, you know, there's value to the history of it and the history of ballet never was what it is now, in good ways and bad ways. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is one right. of those ways that we're creeping into a little bit of danger zone because <laughs> you, you don't want to miss those developed artists on stage. I, it really matters. Those, you know, this, you don't want to, the, <laughs> these are all dancers that one day, you know, are going to do Romeo and Juliet or something like that. And it's like, you want to see the dancer that is thoughtful enough to be able to go there, like all the way around, not just. Yeah. But yeah. these dancers probably aren't going to be doing Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> but that, yeah. what, they should be aspiring to Yes, that. exactly. Um, <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. Just, you know, um, but, but, but I do, I do think that, what I'm excited about is, and this goes into sort of the other work that I'm doing across the board and having these conversations about diversity and inclusion. Um, I do think that, that ballet specifically is becoming more engaged, mm -hmm. right. And, and more socially conscious and aware. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean that just about race and gender and, and you know, sexual identification and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just like socially aware. Like I think that ballet is an art form that has always, you know, been very ethereal and, and been up in the clouds somewhere. And I think that ballet's feet are beginning to touch the ground mm -hmm. and it's becoming more real and realistic mm -hmm. um, as it deals with its real world problems. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that this is, will become one of those real world problems that it has to address. And maybe through our other issues and in trying to solve them, we'll become more astute at being able to tackle situations like this. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, you see, you see there's more choreographers and well-known choreographers stepping out and trying to create work that has a real social conscience and um, mm -hmm. has something, you know, very um, powerful to say about how they feel about society. And I think, yeah, it, it's probably hopefully going to lead to more conversation about just our own humanity, too. You know, it's, it's a great thing to acknowledge what's happening in the world and put that in our art and be a little bolder about that. And perhaps that's just a really great naturally way into more self exploration in ballet too. Yeah. I mean, modern dance has, has always had that. It's always mm -hmm. been very, very intellectual and questioning and, and it, because it really was pushing back on ballet mm -hmm. <laughs> and pushing back on society in a way, right? Because like the, the history of modern dance has these women in a period of time when women weren't necessarily empowered in other areas, um, them really breaking rules and, and, uh, being at the fore, you know, so it, it, modern dance has that natural sort of, um, self at self reflection, right. Mm -hmm. It looks at the world a certain way modern dad dance asks what happens if you would do this what you know how does it feel when you do like it's explore explorative explorative yeah okay it's explorative mm -hmm. whereas ballet is really about following the rules doing what you're told yeah. and putting the steps together just so it's not messy ballet is supposed to be pretty modern is is not afraid to be messy 
right? Mm -hmm. And and less ordered. And I think that ballet is starting to um, have to open up, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. It it has to open up in a lot of different ways. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I think I think we're <laughs> it's funny. I, I and I, I'm not one to, you know, shame social media at all. Like I'm involved in it in a lot of ways, you know, even for this podcast, we have a page, you know, there's all this stuff. It's it's a Absolutely. great it's it's a it's a great tool for sure. And as as you said, we're kind of an exciting time of increased visibility to the public too. The the nice thing about social media is the fact that, you know, dancers are being seen a bit more and companies are being seen a bit more mm-hmm. by people that wouldn't normally be as engaged in watching the progress of this organization or these people that do this. Absolutely. And so that uh, that's wonderful, but yeah, it, it's really, you know, every every wonderful technology tool has its pitfalls too, though. Right, so. it's like a knife is a, a knife is a tool too. Yes, it depends on how you use it. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, and and technology moves and progresses um, more quickly than we do. We yeah. are always like playing catch up to it. You yeah. know, like cell phones became ubiquitous before the etiquette for using cell phones was developed. <laughs> right. So that's, it was, it's in the postscript that people were like, you know, please turn off your phones <laughs> and, you know, no photography, right. Exactly. Yeah. No photography, no recording. Like all mm-hmm. those things happen after as an afterthought, because all of a sudden now, you know, there's a camera and a recording device on your phone. So now you're in, in spaces where before it was never a problem. It was just flash photography. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. we are always playing catch up to, to technology. Mm-hmm. So we have to have a, we have to be aware of that and, and, and create the relationship with it. Mm-hmm. That's going to be healthy for, for us. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know. and for definitely for young people, because we all anyone that's out there on social media and has an open account and is being followed, you know, we have a responsibility, I think, to young people that are, you know, <laughs> that are following you and impressionable and all that fun stuff. It's true. It's true. And 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 the, the crazy thing is, is like <laughs> they're following each other. So mm-hmm. that, so like it's not even the adults. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like it's not even the adults. Like they don't even care what we're doing. <laughs> it's them amongst themselves, yeah. right? That's why you know our first lady be best. You know <laughs> you must. That's not even really correct English, is it? Like be best. Like when you think about it, when I yeah. heard it, I was kind of like be <laughs> best. Like that's not right. Yeah, grammatically, not, not quite. <laughs> Be your best. I get to say something. Be your best. Your best, yeah. Be be better. I don't know, but mm-hmm. but that just bothers me. But <laughs> we can all still try to be best. Um, yeah, because because they're they're driving that uh, domain right now, mm-hmm. and and the adults are following their lead. I mean, oh, how yeah. many times have you asked someone younger than you, "How do you do?" I mean, yeah, I'm no. still trying to figure out name tag. <laughs> on Instagram. I'm like, what the hell is that? I don't even know how to use it. Yeah. yeah I was going to, I was going to um, say, let, let's be real. They have a, a far superior grasp of what they're dealing with than anybody. Does. Right. I mean, so, so there is that too, but, but what the adults do understand at least 
in a in its original context mm-hmm. is marketing, mm-hmm. and that's what it's being. It's a huge marketing tool, right? Yeah. So um, we we know that, and and we also know the effects of marketing, right? So we can be responsible in that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm so appreciative that you do all the amazing work you're doing and all the amazing writing you're doing because it's, you know, it, it just brought me such joy to see, you know, this pop up on Instagram. <laughs> I think I, I think it had such a, me- a strong immediate reaction when I saw it. I think I commented and I was like, yes, <laughs> you're always my hero. Uh, <laughs> You're yeah, always hard. starting it's the conversations keep, I want to have. It's hard to keep coming up with them. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I'm like searching. I feel like there's an expectation now that, you know, what, whatever I write is going to be, you know, something that hasn't been said or hasn't been talked about. So I have to, I'm like searching <laughs> for ideas, well, you know, yeah. that, well, you're yeah. clearly the right woman for the job. You're amazing at it. So, <laughs> thank you so much. And, um, um, it's it's yeah. such a, a joy and a pleasure to, to share and talk with you. Okay. I do appreciate you so. Oh, I appreciate you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Our, we love each other, as you can probably tell. <laughs> In a very Great admiration. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I urge people to, to look up this article and read it. Um, it's still online. Um, it's called, Is Instagram Changing the Dance World's Value System? Um, and also, you'll probably see a lot of references even going forward from other people to it. Uh, I'll try to create a post, you know, to give people a link to it also. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a great thing to take in. I, and I hope people continue to check themselves as we proceed through this social media age. <laughs> <laughs> Literally check yourself before check. you wreck yourself. Exactly. If you're trying to stretch like that girl in Russia, oh you will be hospitalized. I <laughs> personally will wreck myself if I try to do a lot of the things that I see on Instagram now. And I've been dancing professionally for 11 years. <laughs> so. Right. Well, yeah, she's probably going to be wrecked too in a couple of years. She just oh, doesn't God. know it. Yeah, but, it's yeah. These yeah. things, oh, they catch up with us. Dance is not a kind thing to the body, but but we do it. We love it. We love it. And I, <laughs> I will say on my my final my final yes. note would be, you know, if you're an educator, if you're a teacher, you know, read the article, take it into your class, have a discussion about it because I think it's, it's a valuable conversation to have. And it's really important, I think, for, um, people to know where their students' heads are Mm -hmm. about that, you know, who are they following, you know, and, and having discussions about the whys and, and, and who are you following that, that, that maybe you think that they should be following Mm -hmm. so that they're seeing things that, um, can inform or redirect their value system. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Take an active role in it. Yeah. It's important. There's a little bit of a, of a divide that we can, I think, overcome a bit more as you said. So yeah. Yeah. Great. About being proactive. <laughs> it is always. <laughs> um, well, yeah, great. Thank you so much for this. Is our third episode now? I know. Many, I'm sure many I'm more a, to come. Well, be a regular. It definitely does because I was um, just speaking to a friend about the show, and I was going to send her a link, and I went to the page. The, the, the podcast page on iTunes and I was going, I scrolled through. I was like, let me just take a little scroll, walk down memory lane of my episodes. And you come up like very, (laughs) 
consistently and evenly through the episodes. So I think I, I was actually thinking that I was like, do I need to give her like some kind of official credit as like the go-to <laughs> consultant for? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll be here to, for you anytime. Next time, anytime we'll... you want to chat with me, I am. I am for it. <laughs> uh, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that. So yeah, we'll we'll have to stay tuned for even more Teresa Ruth Howard episodes coming <laughs> to you. Yes. Yes, definitely. Well, um, thank you so much for your time and sharing your insight. It's always, it's so appreciated. Um, Thank you. And everybody out there, have the conversations, keep, you know, researching this topic more, keep thinking about this topic more. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. I will catch you next time. I'm your host, Margaret Mullen. This has been Beyond the Bar, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you.